The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Discover your geeky haven with Toink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Dive in with code WINGEEKS15 to save 15% off your first order at toink.com. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's a Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am crew. That I did know. These people may be isolated and unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push... I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the intrepid trio, Eric, Kylan, and myself, Mike. And Eric, with that look, now this is just a rarity that I actually got it right. So I'm celebrating every little victory. <laughs> uh, well, you know, the thing is, you. There's one point where I think you got it right three shows in a row. And I think it's sort of like a Zen thing. If you don't think about it, then you're good. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, muscle memory at this point. Uh, at three. Oh, what show is this? I don't know I what don't you pay attention to either. Considering this is issue 390. So, yeah. 390? 390. Can you believe that? Mm. There's a chance of 400 by the end of the year. And uh, check out the homepage, we, uh, MightyMarvelGeeks.net. Uh, Right-hand side is our affiliates and partners such as Biddy Boomers. Use code WeBeGeeks. Get 15% off your Bluetooth speaker from Biddy Boomers. Uh, they now have not only the small one inch, but they now have a couple eight inch speakers, which are wild. Yeah. Um, so do that. Also, too, you heard in our pre-show tag, um, toink.com. Uh, they are a proud partner with us as well and us with them. Uh, use code WINGEEKS15 for 15% off your purchase. Of course, with Toink, free shipping if you live in the, the continental U.S. or the lower 48. And Eric, I believe you have our Toink pick of the week there. I do, and uh, I am returning back to the Marvel fold because, you know, we you know, mighty Marvel <laughs> geeks. That. Uh, my pick this week is the Marvel Avengers Thor's Hammer 44-piece tool set. Otherwise known as the Yolnir Toolbox All-in-One Kit. We have talked about that kit off and on for years. Yes. Great pick. Mm-hmm. Great pick. So, and hey, you may need that toolkit if you ever get yourself caught in a Marvel maze. Yes. And you guys are like, would you have Marvels? <laughs> well, I have with us, uh, for me, this is the pleasure of the second time speaking with this gentleman because we had him over on Wookiee Radio uh, with the first book he did. But this time we have him here because it's Marvel related. We have Sean C. Jackson, who is the, I don't know if author is the right word, but he's the creator of the book. I'll go with creator because it encompasses everything. The creator of the book, Marvel Mazes, that is out. It's out now, right? No, it's coming out soon. October 4th. October 4th. There's the man himself, Sean C. Jackson. Uh, in this Hello. Book, in this book, uh, you could pre-order now on Amazon and other places that you get your books. 
Uh, but this is coming to us from Inside Editions. No, Chronicle Books, isn't it? It's Chronicle. I forgot. Chronicle is owned by Inside or part of that grouping. Um, I think I could be wrong. But this is from Chronicle Books. It's a great book. Um, of course, I got to do my due diligence because uh, our love, lovely rep from Chronicle, April, uh, she goes, I know you guys aren't that type of podcast and that type of blog, but this is something that the higher ups require. So I uh, had to pre-send some questions and got the warning. No, don't go asking him about MCU stuff or comic stuff because he has no control over that, which is fine because I don't think we did that with Star Wars either. We talked about the book and then talked about discussion pieces about Mar- uh, Star Wars at the time. So we'll hit discussion pieces about Marvel here. Uh, so I'm going to go with the, the obvious first question again. How did this project come about? Um, I had just finished my previous book, The Star Wars Mazes, and it was just about to come out. And my editor emailed me kind of out of the blue and said, how do you feel about Marvel? And I was like, uh, I love Marvel. He said, OK, then he said uh, then he uh, I believe he took the Star Wars book over to his connections at Marvel and gave him a little pitch. And eventually they came back and said, yeah, this is pretty cool. And that's really where it kind of started. Um, this is not one of my questions that I have pre-submitted, but it, it still falls in place. Um, like with Lucasfilm, did you have to clear uh, material and content with Marvel before you put it in? Yes. Uh, I still had a lot of freedom, similar to the Star Wars book, the previous book. Um, I pretty much said, this is what I want to do. My editor gave me some additional suggestions and they wanted to tweak some very minor stuff. There were a couple of things like, "Eh, let's just change this here. But for the most part, I could do anything I want. The big, the big thing was um, I had already started sketching and saying, this is kind of the things I want to do. And they said, Oh, it's gotta be the comics. This has nothing to do with MCU. It's everything's from the comics. And that was a bit of a a shift, but it happened pretty early on. And so I then went, into research mode and read a bunch of stuff I hadn't read before and got my Marvel Universe uh, subscription and uh, just really read and read and read and read and it was uh, learned a lot it was a lot of fun you know doing catch up saying that you you have a subscription to Marvel Unlimited uh, check out our website MightyMarvelGeeks.net and you get our not only picks of the week for new comic books coming out but our Marvel Unlimited picks each week as well because each one of us picks a different Marvel Unlimited book that you can read through your subscription excellent that's that's great I'm always looking for new stuff to read that's perfect see folks that's why we do it is for stuff like this and who knows it could leave for research material or a project you may want to do just like it has with sean marvel unlimited is a great resource so that's true um was it disappointing to to hear that they wanted you to go more comics instead of mcu i think initially it was because i had in my mind the movies and i had started kind of pulling ideas and screenshots for some of the films but once i once i kind of adjusted where i needed to go with it it was fine you know one of the nice things about being it was like now we can do x-men now we can do fantastic four and which was great and of course there's so much more to pull from from the comics you know the the mc is you know their stories are really known you know you have the everybody knows those stories whereas for certainly for me reading some of these stories that i had missed the first time around was really exciting and some of it's just great you know Good stuff. Like the, where, the where I started for the research was the first one I read was uh, Planet Hawk, which I hadn't oh. read, but I exactly, oh. exactly, and I but I had heard that okay, Ragnarok definitely pulled a lot from the Planet yep. Hawk storyline. It's like okay, well let's start there because that's what I was going to do anyway, right? And I read that out. This is amazing. This yep. is really good stuff, and uh, it's just such a super story. And it was a uh, that's kind of got me hooked. I'm like, okay, I can totally work off the comics now. The, the animated. <laughs> feature is very very close to the book as well it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't stray too far off so um how were the the map locations decided on well some of them seem pretty obvious uh like we definitely want to do the iron man cave uh and i was thinking about sakara when i read the book of like okay this is solid uh the next read i did was miss marvel which is you know, the Kamala Khan book and uh, mm-hmm. those first 12 issues, that artwork is so good and such a fun story, you know. And then I was like, OK, well, Jersey City would be great, especially because it's going to be nestled up against Asgard.
backyard and nowhere and just having a map of Jersey City with, you know, sewers full of crocodiles and little robots. It's like, it would just be fun. And uh, after that, um, I definitely want to do Wakanda, Asgard. I really want to do a World War II era Captain America mm. and kind of hit all the hit all the Avengers players. You know, every Avenger gets at least a maze. You know, now that we can have X-Men, we have at least two X-Men, two Fantastic Four. Spidey. So it was, they all kind of fell into place with the characters being sort of the central theme, then deciding on the map. Okay. Um, so I, because I'm, I'm, lo- I'm looking at the helicarrier map or the helicarrier maze right now. Mm-hmm. So did you, did you go back to uh, some of the, the Nick Fury agent of shield? stuff for this or were you because I know that some some of the books at least back in the 70s I remember seeing some of the books that offer cross sections of like Avengers uh, Mansion, the Helicarrier uh, um, I believe we they even have one of Iron Fist Flat maybe something like that um, did you did you go specifically for those as well to look at the 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 blueprints or were you more just kind of going based on you know the, the comics and seeing putting together what they showed you from the comics and just building from there it depended on the map for some of them especially the Baxter Tower um, the uh, Xavier School um, uh, Doom Castle. I really did go to the blueprints that came out in like I guess Marvel Universe or or wherever they came from. I think back the Baxter Tower one came out in some John Byrne issue back in the day. So and and with those floor plans, there's actually a lot of versions of the floor plans. So I just found the one that fit in the time period I was thinking about, or uh, one that just sort of did the job that I needed to do. But the ones that are tight and kind of cut away uh, are very very tightly close to those. So if you compare it to the blueprints, they, they would be fairly accurate. The helicarrier, um, you know, there's like a couple different hel- helicarriers through history and this is the the one in my mind was kind of the classic one. I know they've upgraded to be more battleshipy, spaceshipy, similar to the film, um, but I kind of like this one with the big propellers. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, I sketched out my helicarrier so it would fit and filled the inside of both maze. You know, I knew, I guess the front is accurate with the control center in the front and and um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of fair accuracy about it. The, in, in the insides are pretty much just whatever fit, you know. I think I think we did have a cross section. Okay, the missiles are down here, and the landing pads are over here, and so that 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 bad lands pretty close. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I I it looks I I'm getting flashbacks to to what I've seen of like the cross section. I'm like, did he just kind of like? So let's just take this map. I mean, because it looks pretty accurate from, and I'm not mm-hmm. even look. I don't even have the map with me right now. Now, or the cross section right now, but I can just imagine what kind of fun you had with doing doing this because this looks like an all day, like just doing the the maze itself would be an all day job. It looks like, at least for me, anyway. It does take a while to put them together. Um, once I once I, I, I first lock down sort of how it's going to fill the page, uh, and then for like this one, there is some perspective that I have to lock down. Uh, you know, there's it is kind of a two point perspective thing going. On. Um, and then I kind of build my maze inside of that. Pen- pencil all up. Yeah, it takes it takes a bit to do the maze. Uh, and then I scan it and then do all the color and the inking in, in the computer. But certainly squeezing all the stuff in there is part of the fun. It's definitely a blast. So your website mentions that you have been doing these mazes for 30 years. How did you get started? I was definitely doing them since I was a kid. There was like a, a guy who made maze books uh, that I like 3D maze books of tubes and pipes and stuff, perspective mazes uh, that I just loved when I was a, just a little dude. And I was just drawing them, just copying off them. And I was, you know, that would have been, you know, around Star Wars time. So I was into all of that stuff, drawing spaceships and and uh, yeah, the, the the 3D mazes were were a thing for me. And uh, and some sometimes I go through stages of doing them a lot. Sometimes they kind of fall by the wayside. But I'd always come back and just sort of doodle them. And maybe seven years ago now uh, was when I sort of collected a bunch of them and we pitched it to Chronicle. And that was my first book, which uh, doesn't have any Star Wars or uh, Marvel in it. It's just just a bunch of mazes uh, came out. And uh, and that's that was with Chronicle, and I've been with them since. So. Uh, as people will remember from 
Star Wars mazes. Uh, if they listen to that episode on Wookie Radio, uh, or they they go and re you know check out the previews as they go to pre-order their book on Amazon or Books a Million or Barnes and Noble, you throw in quite a few Easter eggs along the way. What are some of your favorite? What are some of your favorite Easter eggs in this book? Well, in this book, like all the mazes, they I mean all the mazes have characters in them. So if say you're in the helicarrier we're talking about, so we have all the Avengers in there, like classic Avengers, a couple modern ones. Um, no, actually, it's mostly the classic guys, a few modern ones, um, and then um, you know we have so Captain Marvel's there. So I have her little cat in the corner and that kind of stuff. I have the uh, in every maze we have the ultimate. Nullifier. That's my consistent one that you can find in every page. And so like, and for uh, Xavier's school with the mutants, we have all the mutants have their own rooms, which are very stylized from different bits of you when you see their rooms anyway. And we have Lockheed in there and we have every little bit. So if you're a real fan, you'd see a bunch of stuff that you'd remember from comics, hopefully. Oh, yeah. Is there a favorite that you have? Uh, favorite maze? Or favorite, I, favorite Easter I love egg. them all, obviously. I'm very attached. And when I'm doing them, I, I get really get involved, invested in each one. Each one becomes very special to me while I'm doing it. I think now I love, I, I really like Dr. Strange's Sanctum. I think that has a lot of neat stuff going on it with part of it because it's very interior and smaller scale. So you have a lot of little, all of his little gear in there. And doing my research, you know, you look up artifacts that Dr. Strange has used. You get a page full 20 of of these obscure things he's been using since time so he can squeeze all of you know the different books and globes and you know the little snakes and that's super fun and then the other and then the other side i can go kind of crazy it has a little um astral vibe to it where you can walk around on all the different levels and i like doing that kind of stuff too so i think this really solved a lot of those things for me i really like um you know uh, the x-men school uh, i think the dr doom castle is pretty cool and these are all the ones that are again tighter just filled with bunches of stuff to find but even the larger ones like the jersey city one or asgard i those are fun too in their own way so did anybody when they take uh when they took a look at this like at marvel uh and i'm looking at the sanctum image now and i'm loving the fact that dr strange has a gift shop Mm. Uh, just (laughs) i mean it's kind of like yes yes of course he does uh, I'm seeing a couple of, shall we say, non-Marvel franchise Easter eggs in there. I will not spoil them uh, now that we're recording, but I did mention them before we uh, before we started. Did anybody at any point come along and say, you got to take that out? For, well, no. One is I came across the gift shop in some sort of Marvel thing. Apparently he does have a gift shop. So apparently that is canon somehow in, in my research. I was like, oh, that's that's cool. Makes sense. You know, Greenwich Village, you know, people come through and they need their t-shirts and their gear and their plastic wands. Um, they did want me to, they, they asked if the, the writing was real. I'm like, no, no, it's not, real. you know, but they, I guess they wanted to just double check that it wasn't a real language and the kind of inscriptions on the floor and stuff. Um, yeah, some of the stuff. Uh, I think the more generic stuff may be non-Marvel, but there's definitely a lot of things hanging around I came across in his books. You know, like you said, the chainsaw, the bat. Oh, they were they were there in in. Oh yeah, in that. Hold on. Yeah, in in the the those what I lost my reference of which series this is, but in the series when they rebooted the uh, Doctor Strange is so good <laughs> and uh, it's really neat stuff. So while we're on this on this maze, I do have to ask one question: Why is the fridge chain shut? Okay, so you Zool. All right, ah. hold, hold on. That's where his creepy food is. Let me go to my uh, bring up the page so I'm like talking the truth here. Stand by because. <laughs> It's again, it's all that's all canon that part there. It's chain, chain shut. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I love just looking over all this and just seeing all the little, like, like Mike said, the Easter eggs. Yeah. And I love how at the bottom of every map, there is a list of Easter eggs to look. It's almost kind of like these hidden images that you got, uh, you find them, you circle them, and like in the old uh, Sunday, uh, Sunday paper, the, co- the comic section. 
Now, no, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, so the, the seek and find elements are fun, and a lot of them are very Easter egg related. And then some of them are just find this plant, you know? So I, I, I pick a little plant, and that's just for people who really like the seek and find aspect of it. So it's not necessarily something Marvel specific, but I definitely have my favorite skulls and pots and little doodads that float around the mazes that people can find. Okay, Doctor Strange. So in 2015, Jason Aaron and Chris Bacolo, 1 to 12, that's where a lot of this gear comes from, the chain up fridge and stuff it is a great read it was one of my favorite books that i read so and the art is spectacular okay gonna have to go back and read that one oh yes all i know is i thought that i would like there there was not be there wouldn't be a place in the marvel universe that i would not want to visit i see now that I would be very focused on one part of Doctor Strange uh, of the of the Sanctum Santorum. Mm-hmm. I didn't for some reason I didn't I didn't think about how creepy it would be. So, yeah, I, I think I would be good. Maybe I'll just hang out in the gift shop. <laughs> well, I've definitely become a, a big Doctor Strange fan since uh, starting this project. I'm like all in now, Doctor Strange. So it was the Jason Aaron run that you started on then with that Doctor is, Strange. That is uh, what I started on with Doctor Strange, absolutely. And then since since then, I uh, I read up through that run and uh, I picked up Strange Academy, which was cute and fun too. So I was going to say, Jason Aaron, you can't go wrong with him. And I, I I have to tip my hat. The fact that you could that you acknowledge that he is a martial artist, you got the wooden dummy there. I was like, <laughs> okay, all right, that, that's that's something people don't really touch on too much. But I like that. You did that. So which of these would you say, uh, I'm trying to think how I want to ask this question. Uh, which of these do you th- do you consider being the most research intensive? Like, you know, some of them you just, you just say, well, yeah, I know pretty much in my head how I want to do this. But were there any that you just said, okay, I don't know how I'm going to start on this. And you just wound up, you just had to start digging and digging and digging and finally came. Uh, before, before this, uh, but before this project, uh, were you, were you into comics or were, were you, you know, what was your relationship with comics before and what was the relationship after? Well, I first got into comics. I mean, when I was a little kid, there were comics around because I was a kid, um, but really in college, which would be the mid eighties, my two best mm-hmm. friends were really into comics and they got me into what they were doing. Doing at the time, which would have been Swamp Thing and Teen Titans, but of course mm-hmm. also X-Men and Days of Future Past eras, like right after that. Uh, Daredevil was doing great then, and I really got into the artists. A lot of people do. A lot of people follow writers. A lot of, I was definitely a follow the artist around, so I was really into John Byrne and Arthur Adams, Barry Windsor Smith, those guys. Bill Cavage, I loved, so I was a New Mutants fan, and of course in that time in the 80s, that's when Electro Assassin came out, Dark Knight, Why uh, it was just a great time to be a new fan learning this stuff. Uh, I was really into Lone Rockets, Grendel, you know, some of those other things as well. And I was reading those books for a while out of school. And then I kind of dropped off. Occasionally I'd pick something up like the uh, Neil Gaiman Eternals. Uh, Marvel 1602 was cool. You know, so I'd still like dabble a little bit. And it really wasn't, I didn't really get seriously back into the comics, the books themselves until this project. You know, I loved all the movies. I'm a huge MCU fan. Um, so when this came around, I was able to, you know, get my Marvel Unlimited and, you know, what are the greatest stories that have been told in comics in the last 25 years and just read <laughs> the best stuff. You know, so it was so much fun. Speaking of the 1602 timeline, um, I've, I've looked through this book several times, but uh, as our listeners know, or our agents know, uh, my mind's been fried because of surgeries I've had. So have you done a maze in here on the 1602 universe? Not yet. If there's a book two, that's definitely what I want to hit. And let me go ahead and hit that question. What... How do I have it worded? I have it worded perfectly. Uh, what locations do you want to do for two? Well, I'd like to do individual ones for all the X-Men because uh, I love the X-Men and each each bit, each of them should have their own maze. I yes, think uh, maybe Galactus' spaceship would be cool. We had a raised bill ship, the Scuttlebutt would be very cool. Intergalactic Empire of Wakanda. I'm eyeing that up. Anything more Doctor Strange because now I'm a huge fan. Uh, so Astral Plane stuff. Uh, I was reading the Infinity Gauntlet. So Thanos' throne would be a good one page. I'm sure I could get a good maze out of that. Um, yeah. So, and I'll take any suggestions too. Uh, Anything you want to see a maze of. 
Oh, that's a door. These guys are regretting that you open. <laughs> know where you're going. Oh, no. Oh, oh yes. yes. Go ahead. Yes. Go, just just do it. Yes. Just do it. Howard the Duck. Oh, of course. I'm sure they'll let me do that. And, and I think maybe on the Howard the Duck maze, there needs to be three shield agents that may look like the Intrepid Trio. Mm, good to know. Uh, that would be a nice Easter egg. Hey, do you want to put the Hellabus in there while we're at it? <laughs> Oh yeah, we we have a th- obviously with this show, uh, as you heard with our intro, um, we call ourselves we're we're like uh, misfit agents, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas a couple of years ago, Eric did for us for Christmas Lego minifigs of us in shield uniforms. Um, the we started playing around with this idea of hearts. You know, if we're going to carry this whole thing forward, we're going to have you know we're in the above ground underwater suborbital volcano lair, which will love to see that have its own maze, but it's not Marvel canon, so I don't think Marvel's going to let that one slide. I'm sure there have been volcano lairs in the Marvel... Well, yeah, sure? yeah. I was like Marvel story with Volcano Lair. I'm sure we could get a couple hits on that. Yeah, but is it above ground, underwater, and suborbital? <laughs> anyway, possibly not. Um, so <laughs> Kylan just came up with this backstory of, oh, I found parts of a helicarrier uh, after the Battle of New York, and I started attaching them to this VW microbus. It's a helibus. The helicarrier. The helibus has come about. Yeah, the helibus. Yeah, and, and that's oh, and there's the helibago too. There's a hella bagel, but we don't really use it much. We don't but use it there, much. Yeah, there's, we don't use it, so. And then, um, <laughs> did not hear you at all, Eric. I said uh, it's out of warranty. Uh, may want to crank your mic up just a hair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, see, now that you mentioned that, I, I, I don't know what else, what else I would like a maze of. I'm trying to think of it. But someone who's been actually quiet this episode, Uh-oh. I think we need to let them introduce themselves to Sean as well. Greetings. I'm the Tactical Holographic Utility Resource System. Data assessment year-round. You may call me Thursday. She could be a little snarky, but she's behaving herself today. <laughs> you know how Tony Stark has his AI Friday. This this was an early prototype. She's not quite Friday, so she's thirsty. I'm not a schwaffle. We were just about to say, don't call her a schwaffle. But the Punisher doesn't have the Punisher doesn't actually have a layer, does he? Like I'm not it seemed like at one point he did, but he really doesn't. He's had a lot of safe houses. Yeah, it's right. more safe house than lair. Yeah, maybe. just goes location, location. Oh wait, hold on, hold on. I got it. Um, when Daredevil went evil and took over the hand, um, the lair that he had in Hell's Kitchen for um. Ah, uh, choice. Oh gosh, I try to remember that story arc. Oh, Shadowland. There you go. Yeah, Shadowland. Uh, how about Excalibur's lighthouse? I, I knew you were going to go somewhere with Excalibur. I was waiting maybe, for it. Or I'm taking. I'm taking notes. Or maybe I, I, what was X the X Factor? No, didn't they operate like the original group? Then they, they operated uh, Warren's uh, high rise, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, they also had their own alien ship that they used oh. as, that they used as a base of operations. The, the, that was a sentient one, right? And they called yeah. it Ship. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember at one point, Ship decided it was going to be part of the New York skyline. So it basically went up on its end and basically just touched down in a vacant lot and, and yes. made itself look like a skyscraper. That's right. I remember that. Um. Well, there, that's three right there. I love it. That story sounds absolutely bonkers. I have to look it up. Avengers yeah. West Coast headquarters. Ooh, yeah. Avengers Island. So there's still a bunch of there's still a bunch out there we could do, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. That's great. Uh, uh even do the original Guardians of the Galaxy uh their ship. I think they they called it the Captain America. Mm-hmm. Uh new did the New Warriors Okay, I know they operated out of a brownstone, but was there anything special about it? Um they had they called it a crash pack. Well, I do have to be careful about doing since so much is sent in New York. I can only have so many New York based ones. 
that was one of the reasons I was kind of excited to put Daredevil out in San Francisco when he did mm. the Sandy run. You know, I was like, because yes. I was like, you know, I already have so much New York and all Daredevils is so dark and stabby. And and then, then we got into this run and it's like, it's sunny and it's San Francisco and it's light. And the stories are fun. It's like, okay, that I can do. Madripoor. I like dark and stabby. That's a good way to describe. Yeah. Madripoor. Um, you know, it was a Marvel comic, San Francisco, Big Hero 6. Oh, Big Hero 6. Yeah. Oh, I forgot that. I never read the book. The movie was cool. It was beautiful. Okay. Uh, a Morris Atlantis, maybe? Oh, definitely. That's right. That was on my list, and I forgot to write it down. Definitely Atlantis, yes. Japan during the Wolverine in Japan story arcs. Mm-hmm. 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 That, that could be my Wolverine maze when it was in Japan. Mm-hmm. Wait, what about Madripoor? Eric said Madripoor. Mm-hmm. You did? Okay. Missed it. Oh. The, the collector's facility? Or did you hit where that? Was, where was he really based? I don't remember. But that would, that would be cool. I, re- I read that story because I was trying to get my, before I discovered with the Aja stuff, get my brain around Hawkeye. And uh, and I read that. I was like, oh, this is kind of a cool place. But then, you know, I got to, you know, the Hawkeye miniseries with him and Kate Bishop and that. Oh. I was like, okay, no, this is great. This is really good. So that's why, that that's one of the New York ones. That's why we have the Brooklyn with the brownstones, the tracksuits and all that, you know, pizza dog. It's like, that's great. <laughs> it's so good. And the, the show hadn't come out yet. So I was just winging off of that. And then when the show came out, I'm like, oh, they're busy all the comic. <laughs> so did I was so binge, excited. Like, did, did you I, binge that entire series? Yes. Yeah, the book. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like my, my wife, uh, my wife picked it up and she loved it. And she's like, you got to read this. You got to read this. And I'm like, okay. And yeah, I, and I don't know if it's just the way it was written. I, I couldn't put it down and I would get mad because, you know, life happened and I have to go to work or whatever. But the, the fact that, and I think it, it was no, because it alternated. Oh, oh my gosh. I got two more. Oh, yeah. oh I, it should, it should be in your, should be in your thing. See, tracksuits. Is that? Yeah. Oh. Tracksuits, bro. Got the, yeah. Got the bros, got the cars, the whole thing. I'm sorry. I thought, I thought you saw, I thought you had seen this one. Yeah. No, I I, uh, I, I, I totally binged it. I totally binged the, those books. I thought they were so smart and uh, really fun. And just the way he brought, you know, Barton to life. And, and that was the first time I met Kate Bishop, too. So I was like, oh, yes. wow, this is so cool. <laughs> so it was a great story. Actually, I got, I, I, I got I three more I locations. I the fact that his exes, the way his <laughs> exes got together. Like, yeah. Three more locations. Savage Land. Mm-hmm. Alpha Flight Space. Yes, Alpha Flight. Actually, I was considering Alpha Flight for this book, but I think we'd by the end, we had gotten all the big boys in there and there wasn't room for them. And, and another group that's so dear to my heart that they, their place is right underneath Howard the Duck, the Army Base for the Howling Commandos. Howling Commandos, yeah. Yes. I only have there, there is a map that's in either, it's in one of the early issues of Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos. There is a map of the base. When I was um, looking for... For Captain America World War II, I thought those guys would be kicking around in those books. And I guess because I settled on one of the more recent ones, it wasn't. He just took Bucky. It was like a flashback with just him and Bucky and a couple yeah. other things. And it's a great story, you know, out of the out of time storyline. And right. um, and it was like, this is absolutely perfect. But no Howling Commandos. So I'll have to. That, that's one of those ones that's going to require a little more research. The only other one that I can think of at the moment would be uh, from back during the Professor Hulk run by people. David, the mount. When mm-hmm. he was, when he was palling around with the Pantheon with Ulysses and Ajax and Paris. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. Cool. Oh dude. I think we almost helped him write his next book. I think he did. I think I think I got enough here. I think uh I'll start working and you know throw to my publisher and be like, oh it's already done. This is great. So <laughs> I think you got the next two going. Yeah. So yeah, this was a this was a lot of fun. So. W- what are you hoping that the fans get out of the book? Well, I think I I think we got three kinds of fans who like this kind of stuff. Like we got the maze fans, you know, people who are just in it for the puzzles. You know, they they like my puzzles, they like the 3D, they like solving the mazes, like finding the stuff. And for them, I think the Marvel's just icing. I was like, okay, and and there's Marvel, but they're really in in it for the mazes. Uh, I think we got the people who really come to 
all of this through the movies, through the MCU. And I think for them, they'll get in there and they'll, and they'll recognize their characters and kind of enjoy the puzzles because I think the illustrations are still fun. You can kind of get lost in them and, and they're super engaging and that the the movies kind of brings them into the book and then, okay, boom, now they're in the book. I think the comic fans are the ones who really appreciate the details. They'll be like, really see all the little bits. You know, if it's a storyline they're familiar with, they're like, oh, yeah, pizza dog there's pizza all over this map that's so cool you know or whatever little aspect of it that speaks directly to them like any good easter egg it's just like oh he yeah. put that in there for me and that's well, that's the fun of easter eggs i love how you've got the the easter eggs for each page for each map but at the end you also have the bonus easter eggs listed as well of what to you know did you have to find these as well that was a, a lot of ways i was just like sometimes i put these little cool things in there and like i want somebody to appreciate just how cool it is so it's a little bit for me too and for people who really like the seek and find stuff you know it's a little you, know, you find it and you go through the book it's like a much bigger role to find stuff in um but as part of this like okay well just in case they didn't notice that you know the but unless i missed it one thing i was looking for in the different x-men maps I was looking for dupe oh i don't know if i don't dupe think he's there i don't think he's oh there. my gosh that might not be too deep for me i'm sorry and he's you probably didn't put him in no i don't think i did but Book two. Book two. X-Men will be back. <laughs> okay, so I got a quick question. Uh, this probably, I should have asked this really early on. What what led you to this 3D, uh, almost isometric style, as opposed to like what most people think when they when they hear the word maze? It's like, it, it's, it's strictly 2D. I, I like how, well, the 3D mazes I had been doing for a while, the steps and the bridges, just as a doodle, you know, and that, I always kind of like mazes, but like flat mazes aren't really super interesting to me. I like the fact that these are kind of like a little world you can get lost into. Um, and it's almost like like a maze you always sort of know you're solving a puzzle. Whereas here, you you almost get distracted by the environment and you have to kind of be like, oh, that's right, it's a puzzle. You kind of zoom back out again. It's almost like your brain is constantly zooming in and out like on Google Earth. And I think that tension is kind of fun. Um, you know, it's like how, how the blocks fit together. There's a lot of SimCity Tetris training going on there, just kind of like fitting little pieces together together and building the spaces um yeah it's it's just fascinating when doing the research for the different mazes um i know you said you fell in love with doc strange uh because of it was there because of a, of a maze that you wanted to do was there a character or a group that you thought you knew well that after the research you realized ah maybe the time period i'm doing i didn't know as well as i thought i did well that's why i always had in my heart like new mutants because that was when i first learned and i was like i gotta do a new mutants mate and then i'm going back and reading the books i'm like you know i don't know if i need to do this you know maybe i'll like find the right spot in their timeline where something comes together maybe after warlock joins or something but i was like this is a lot denser and not as fun as i remember when i was 20 so um that was one um it was a lot more of characters who i didn't know at all Uh, like even the hawk i mean everybody knows who the hawk is but I had no idea how good some of those stories were, like the Planet Hawk story. Um, uh, Marvel Zombies surprised me. I had no idea what to expect. And it is surprisingly good. It is really yeah. just funny and gross and poignant. Everything like any good zombie movie is. You know, it's like, this is a really cool story. Speaking of zombies, just have another comic series that can make a great maze. Mm-hmm. Night of the Living Deadpools. Night of the Living Deadpools. Deadpool. Deadpool. Yes, Deadpool would be cool. Deadpool. This was um, when they did uh, Deadpool in the setting of uh, Night of the Living Dead. Ah, okay. That that's a that's a good one. It was a great series. It would be almost a great follow up to Marvel Marvel Zombies. Um, The one of the ones that I explored just because it was such a cool character. I mean, when I'm doing mazes, I've always I've definitely done a handful. Was it just like planets mazes? Kind of. Mm -hmm. uh, It's like mazes 
is all over the planet. I was like, that would be really cool to do ego as one. Ego I don't know anything about awesome. ego, but I'm going to just research it. So I like pulled up all the ego stories, just found just the best illustrations. I'm like, okay, I could totally do this. And we'll just, you know, make a maze on top of them and throw some buildings in there. And it's going to be cool. And it's in the book and it's really cool. So <laughs> ego was, just, a, was a great love looking the what if concept that you had with it. It's kind of like, you know, been mining on him and now he's waking up. Hijinks will ensue. Exactly. It's, this could be bad. Yeah, there were a couple of them that I really didn't pull from a storyline. I was just, you know, let's just, this could be a comic. It's just totally believable. Even though most of them were very tight to some story, some of them were just like, ah, let's just, let's just do it. As long as it could be real or it doesn't break any any laws, then it'll be fine. And uh, there's only a couple like that, and they're, they're fine with that. So to do a second book, is this something you have to wait for Marvel to go, hey, we want you to do a follow-up, or is this something itch to them? of got ideas for, for part two we want to continue I would probably pitch to my editor and I'm sure he would be like it depends on how the first book does uh, you know if it looks like it's if it looks like it's moving and they think they can do a number two then I'm sure they'll do it if it's like so that just depends on alright kids go buy them you know yeah. but if I if I, I if I you know I have a list I have the list here you know I could work up I could certainly work up about all my spare time and just do them as fan art you know I do that with I do that now with Star Wars stuff I'm just like okay what what if little Star Wars story and I'll draw it out and throw it on the internet. So very cool. Yeah. Well, we will do what we can with this issue to help get interest in it because I don't know about well, I kind of do know these guys well enough. They're like me. They're gonna want to see a book too. Just to see what what could come about. Because I know I'm gonna see a book too. Um so definitely go pre-order this book or if you're listening to this after the book comes out October 4th um, make sure you buy the book because um, it's pre-ordered now as we're recording it's pre-ordered now October 4th for release on October 4th uh, again if you're listening to this issue uh, either playing catch up or just going back because you enjoyed this interview uh, with Sean and it's after October 4th order it get it it's worth having pre-ordered at this point. if you haven't pre-ordered if you have Last, pre-ordered order a second one and give it to a friend christmas is coming last year right before christmas in the run-up to christmas the star wars books sold out and they were unavailable for almost two weeks so i know so keep that in mind you don't want a mazeless christmas i have that book no no i have that i want to get lost in the helicarrier (laughs) that book is awesome star wars book um it's an apples and oranges type question but i'm gonna ask it which did you have more fun doing if you if you could if you get on if you're able to answer uh marvel or star wars oh that is a tough question um star wars was really fun because i had done nothing like it and um uh, and of course, I was a big Star Wars fan going into it. And it was the first time I had really tried to like actually do something that was uh, somebody else's work. You know, I think I had maybe had done a, a couple mazes that were inspired by movies and stuff. Um, but it was the first time I was like, okay, this is the project. And it was really fun doing the research and sticking my teeth into it and watching all the movies again and taking screen captures of it. Uh, that was really fun. I would say, though, with the Marvel, relearning the Marvel characters and reading the comics is such a different vibe than coming from the movies. So the movies are so tight and specific and mm-hmm. you know, they're they're very linear and you know what they are and they're super famous and there's only so much movie there. Whereas for the comics, it's like an infinite number of stories. It's like these characters have been around for 20 and 30 and 40 years and they've done all kinds of stuff and there was so much to draw from. And when you go through and you're like, okay, what what is what is the best uh, Hawkeye story? What what and and you get these stories that are just phenomenal. This is so much fun. Uh, you know what's the, what's the best Black Panther story? You know because you know a character like that has changed so dramatically um, over the years. And uh, which Black Panther the, do you go with? Which one? Which one do you go with? And uh, it was the Tanisha Coates one, right? Is the one I did, and it's, it's a fantastic story. It's really cool, um, and it really just gets into the the politics of being a king and democracy and you know being right. undermined from all these places and yeah there's a ton of action in it but there's a lot of other stuff going on too well uh, and I know there's been books on what three different Black Panthers T'Challa his father and then his grandfather mm. uh, that was the T'Challa story and then um, and they wanted me to do or I was like I like the Shuri, Shuri so we did the Shuri story as well and I just focused on our lab 
up. That's the first one in the book. So the maze itself is kind of simple, even though it's got this kind of cool 3D perspective. And uh, her story is really cool too. And uh, it was just fun doing the lab and again, kind of getting into all the little spaces and, you know, pulling stuff from her run and all the other kind of books associated with that, just to make sure it was, you know, both canon and, and super cool. Now, we know Marvel has so many different titles out there. Uh, did they res- restrict you on what you could do? Because I know like they've, they've recently touched on Ultraman. Uh, of course, they've got the Star Wars franchise. They've got the Alien franchise. Uh, they had Conan, and Conan went away or is going away, something like that. Um, did they tell you that about any any titles that you couldn't go towards? Or would any of those titles been for a Marvel comic? Marvel in the comics universe book with any title uh, carte blanche. I think it was, I think probably I just didn't cross the line, not knowing. And since I was sticking with pretty much the mainstream characters, um, I don't think it was a problem. Like I'm basically doing Avengers, X-Men, Fantastic Four, and Spidey, you know, but any, you know, there's a couple peripherals there. Uh, I don't, so I don't think it ran across anything that they would be like, it's not really Marvel. You can't do that. Like if I went and said, I would do Howard the Duck, there might be some pushback. There might not. They might just be like, yeah, bring it on. But, um, <laughs> Oh, please. I hope so. Marvel, let him do it. Let him do it, Marvel. Yeah. Well, he showed up in a uh, strange Academy, which was like, Oh, look, Howard the Duck. It's like, that's the first time I think I saw him like plop in the middle of my regular comic, my regular Marvel book. I was like, Oh, Howard Duck's here. He's a great character. Love him. I love the originals, uh, original run from the seventies. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's some great, stuff of course you know with within that i'm just thinking about that map uh i mean you could throw in there an iron duck suit as an easter egg oh boy or it's just <laughs> crumbled off to the side so just just a thought just a thought Oh, Kun Lun, uh, where Iron Fist comes from. Uh, that, that's oh. another location. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> go back. I was like, okay. We, we, we tangent so hard on, on this show. Uh, our running joke is we have more tangents than a high school geometry class. <laughs> We've been pretty focused today, though. No, that could be a fun Mighty Marvel Beats Easter egg with some scientists and whatnot on a chalkboard or a whiteboard. The board's full of tangents. Mm. <laughs> And we see that it's like, ah, oh, no, it's a Mighty Marvel. That's for us. That's us. That's us. The tangent board. Um, trying to think. We cover a lot about the book. We have. Now, are there any franchises that you would like to take a stab at next? Ooh. Before I did this one, I always thought Pixar would be fun. Now that oh. I've done this one, I don't. I mean, it still would be fun. But now that I've sort of had my mind expanded into comic world, I'm like, I, I could just stay in comic world for a while now. Like, this is this is great. Um, so no, I don't, I'm not sure what's uh, what what is next for me. That's not that's not that. You know, I could see the thing is I could I could certainly would love to do a couple aliens mazes. mazes. Like, there's definitely movies I'd like to do a maze for or two mazes for i think doing 30 mazes based on aliens or uh or uh avatar would be would be too much it was just too too much too much avatar i think the first film's almost too much avatar (laughs) Um, inspired what what about about like the disney parks you mean like do things from the parks yeah you've got hong kong and shanghai uh paris uh walt disney studios paris it's the second gate there in france uh california adventure um disneyland four here in orlando even though they're not disney owned they're disney licensed uh throw in tokyo sea and and uh disneyland tokyo yeah i did um for Star Wars, we did the uh, Black Rock Spire, right? Black Spire or, Outpost, uh, yeah. Black, Black Spire what? Outpost, Galaxy's Edge. Black Spire Outpost, yeah, yeah, Galaxy Edge. So I did the, yeah, I based that, uh, the in- inside cover of that off of uh, the Star Wars space in Disney Parks. That was fun. That's one of my favorite maps. Oh, cool. See, location for the next Star Wars book, Star Cruiser Halcyon. Yeah. So, so I have a personal connection to that, too, being part of opening team. But it, but it's can- it, it is a piece of canon. I could do some Dr. Afro. I'm a big fan there. <laughs> I could do some Afro mazes. I could probably get four or five of those. I see. I think if, if you wanted to push that boundary, Afro could fit in the Marvel book as well, because she was a Marvel-created comic and Marvel-created mm-hmm. character for the Marvel Star Wars comics. There we go. So mm-hmm. That's where I'm going. I, 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 I like I'm down, this. I'm down for Afro. Yeah, I, she's, I, she's, I'm, she's awesome. Love Afro. Love Afro. So much so, I'm on the hunt for a triple zero Black Series figure. I'm on the hunt for the San Diego Comic-Con Afro three and three quarter inch repack that had Afro, uh, BT, and Trips. 
but we were definitely behind when uh, Hasbro did the fan vote a few years back of vintage figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to say we were partially responsible for getting Afra selected. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Oh, she's awesome. Oh, I love her. That's beautiful. So I have two. I have one on the card, sits on the wall. And I have my one loose that sits here at the theater. But I do have one Afra maze. I'll forward it to you after the show. Oh, so. I'll be in heaven. I love <laughs> Afra. I, I, I have touted. Oh, when um, Eric and I went to Celebration Orlando 2017 uh, at the Star Wars Marvel panel, they talked about, was it, they talked about Afra getting her, her first book, first title? Yeah. And they had, they had a copy of issue one there and they, they brought up two people who are cosplayed, cosplaying mm-hmm. Afra and they're going through it and they're like, uh, can we take this? And they were going to fight over who gets it if they got to take it. Uh, I, I assume, I don't know, but I think they may have had a couple extra copies with them. I think they gave them a book. If not, I'm sure information was given, was received where they would have gotten a copy of that first book. But Afra, oh, amazing. I'm glad she's still around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm glad uh, characters are becoming part of the live action. Cause I, I loved it when I saw Chrysanthemum. Yes, that was so cool. I was and, like, and so like a bubble that. That's a good sign. I'm like, okay, Afra's coming close. If we get Afro, we get the murder droids. I'd have the droids. They got to come to. So, um, I don't think we, did we touch on exactly, we, we touched on you, know, you getting into comics, but what was it that drew you to Marvel comic wise? Was there a specific artist? Because I know you said you were very, very uh, drawn to artists that you enjoyed. Was there a specific artist that drew you into Marvel? Well, I think back in the day, I would go, there was nothing particularly Marvel-y. You know, I, I, would, I would read whatever I liked. Um, I think back then, I was definitely, like, there was, um, John Byrne books were cool. He did a Hawk for a bit there. Those were cool. Um, and then um, the Daredevil books, which would have been, who was writing Daredevil? Frank Miller. Yeah, the Frank Miller Daredevil books were phenomenal. So I went back and read all of those uh, up through those. And then that was obvious Marvel, but I don't think I was going to it because it was Marvel. I was going to it because it was Frank Miller, you know. Uh, I think Art Adams, Arthur Adams was mostly doing Marvel then. He was like dipping into X-Men and he did the long shot series, which I loved. And uh, his work was really cool. Um, so that was sort of as like, oh, I know that artist and I'd snag it and stick with them for a bit. That's sort of the way I rolled back then. So really it wasn't only Marvel. I think when the movies came out, you know, I really have a, I just I love them all. So that sort of reminded, I think a lot of people is like, oh yeah, Iron Man. You know, I was never really an Iron Man fan, but then, oh no, okay, this is pretty cool. And that kind of pulled me back into you know, the Marvel world. I think they've done a really good job of of setting it up and just, just making them fun. They're just also fun. Mm-hmm. They're dark when they need to be dark, but they're light when they need to be light. Like the distinguished competition, where that stands for dark consistently. That's <laughs> you, exactly how I feel. Because half you can't see half the film because it's so dark. Yeah. You know, like as as dark and stabby as Daredevil can be. <laughs> like the thing is, like he he can have a, he cannot have a healthy relationship to save his life, and sometimes that actually gets to become the joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, and I I actually and it's kind of. I think it's something that 16-year-old me would not have been able to appreciate, but 51-year-old me go back and go back and read it, and I'm like, dude, you know you and Natasha never work. You know that. Why are you... And then even afterwards, she's like, you know, he says, I know. I, I don't even... I, and I, and, it, and it's weird, like those moments where you, you just get caught up in, it's the hand, or it's the kingpin, or, you know, he's met, he and Foggy are fighting. But there was still those very human moments that are still kind of funny. So it's like you're, you know, it's not all, you know, it's not all nighttime and stabby. <laughs> Thank goodness. Is there a Marvel comic uh, that unfortunately is not on Marvel Unlimited that you want to touch on? Is that a question to me? Yes. Uh, what's not on Marvel Unlimited? Uh, there's still a few things like ROM Space Knight was a big Marvel comic, but that was, uh, was that, uh, and we know G.I. Joe for a while was under the Marvel title. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, what's that? And Micronauts too. Micronauts. Micronauts. <laughs> some of that was under the Marvel title. Some of that was under uh, the Epic title, which was 
was owned by Marvel, which was creator-owned stuff. Some of it was uh, Star, uh, like uh, Muppet Babies and Ewoks and Droids were under the Star line. Silverhawks. Which I don't remember if Star was their their kids. It was their kids. It was their kids line. Kids hard. Because, uh, it was the kids oh, hard God. license line. Uh, power Pack was with them. Too. Yeah. Okay. So it was, oh, the, kid, it was the kids. Hard I didn't license even occur to me that Power Pack wouldn't be on Marvel Unlimited. I don't know oh, if it is or not. I assume it was. Pack is. Okay, I would think so because that was pretty tied heavily into you know uh, we, the rest of those stories. Uh, we we had talked in um, in the past about different Marvel Unlimited picks that we wanted to do, and there was one uh, I don't remember. It was Eric or Kylan. Uh, about the truck was a US one, the US one, yeah, with the truck and drivers. That, I, I, yeah, that that's not on there, but see, that was also licensed by a toy company, which <sighs> I didn't realize it was a toy company. Um, I just love the series. Um, and that's what happened with Rom, with Rom too, because Rom was. But it the, the series had taken off, and then eventually the toy went out. The series ended, and then so did the license. Um, well, it was like Rom, G- it was like GI Joe. Uh, the, the comic yeah. was created to help sell the toy mm-hmm. and Transformers. Yeah. Transformers definitely Transformers. And I know that um, on Maze you could get out of that. Oh, there you go. I, no well, Transformers. I that, that would be cool. Or uh, GI Joe the had the pit. Yes. Which I thought the pit would have been awesome for Maze. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but the USS flag would have been awesome, too. Oh, yeah. I know that there are some GI. There are some Marvel comics that because Rom showed up in as a guest, that those comics aren't available. Um, yeah, just because he it, and so if you know, like, so if you try to, if you if you're looking in um, Marvel Unlimited and all of a sudden you got issue three forty two, and then it dropped and it hops to issue three forty four. Uh, Rom showed up in that one issue as a special guest and now they don't they wouldn't have access to it so now Rom also showed up as a guest to Rick Jones's wedding oh they let that go but he was not in his armor right? uh, well there you go it, he was he was like in a tux right. and that was it really the armor yeah. the armor is not allowed they don't have the license to the arm okay. show See? the armor so don't you just love those little oh uh, you can only allow it because of this tiny tiny little okay fine we'll take it Well, Death from the Sandman showed up in the exact same issue, but ah, you could oh, tell it was her, right? But they never showed her face. Oh, Team America. That was another one. Now, that was another one that was based on a toy. Team America showed up in a couple of, I believe they showed up in Captain America, and they also showed up with, um, uh, what was it? Uh, Ghost Rider, because of the whole motorcycle thing. But those are some of the older books now, and they, they made just been little one shot so it really doesn't no it doesn't make a difference yeah. but yeah there I and I think maybe because of that you don't really have to you're not gonna see that so much now in stories unless they know they got the rights to it for however long. Well we're getting close to the end of the issue end of the show. I'm gonna do something what no I just had a thought go ahead with it before I advance Arcane's murder world. Ooh. 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 We now have half his book set up <laughs> 30 maps, and I think we've given 15. <laughs> what was wow. the one of the ones I was reading as I was doing research was Dr. Doom had brought everybody to this planet, and he was like some sort of king of the planet or god or something. Is that they, the most recent that murder world, or is that something else? Was that the most recent Secret Wars? May have been, yeah, no, but they were and Battle World, maybe. I think that was Battle World now, Battle World, show. yeah, that was Battle World. Battle World, I was reading that, I was like, this is totally wacky. I mean, it was cool. And I forget who died. And it was like they brought in all these characters. It was a really fun read. And I think there's a lot of Guardians in there. Um, Battle War, right now and down. We'll see. You know. So Murder was basically like an underground robotic theme park. Yeah. Arcade was uh, Arcade was an assassin. He I think you first saw him in a team up with Spider-Man and Cap Britt, but he wound up as primarily an X-Men villain after that. Mm-hmm. It was almost like Marvel's version of Westworld. Mm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Westworld, Future World. Um, yes. So something that we have been doing across all the shows uh, with guests, chance to flip the tables and let I'm going to have Sean ask us questions i didn't prepare my questions for you but okay that's what makes it so fun 
Um, talking about a lot about the Marvel here, and uh, you definitely well. One is what are you reading now in Marvel? Like when I go and log on tonight or tomorrow to pick up something fresh, who should I who should I be following? What should I be reading? Um, I'm going to say follow. Well, definitely go to MightyMarvelGeeks.net and check out oh, right. picks of the week. Look at the link. Yeah, check check our horrible. check our picks. Um, because we 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 do the same thing there. We if it's stuff we are reading, chances are we're putting that down. But if it's a week where stuff we're not reading isn't available, we're we're still making the picks of this is what caught our interest. Uh, me personally with Marvel, I am reading everything Star Wars mm-hmm. for sure. Um, Afra still top of my list. Um, now Bounty Hunters is second on my, on my list of my scraps. Uh, High Republic is third because I really love the High Republic stuff. And, uh, I guess there's some new High Republic books coming out that's supporting the phase two. Uh, that'll be coming out by the end of the year being written by, uh, Charles Soule. Mm. I read the first High Republic book of the novels. It's pretty good. Yeah. But it was, uh, I haven't, I haven't kept going yet. You know, part of everything that pushed it back because they came out while I was working yeah. on Marvel Mazes. I'm like, I'm not reading anything right now. Um, so it came out and uh, I read the first High Republic book. And I was like, oh, this is, this is pretty solid. This is good. So um, uh, the, the first, and there's a, like a bunch of them now. So I have to like go yeah. through and what order you should read them in. I, I'm not sure the order because I, I think I've been reading them in the order they've come out. Uh, I know the first one was by Charles Soule. Great book. Um, but for phase one, I think is one of the weaker books because mm, they're really to me, it's, it's because there's so much character development that he's having to do and establishment that it's, it's almost more for me it feels more like a um, an establishing book mm-hmm. of welcome to uh, actually probably more like uh, a bomb or brahms guide to walt disney world or or disneyland the guidebook of here's what you need to know about the the high republic era and get you know even though you're getting stories it's more we have starlight being uh, starlight beacon we have mm-hmm. the various ships we have various jedi we have and it's the just the the establishing of the time period um I thought, I which he does a great neat. he does a great job with how that. they established it and how they established the jedi order and how, how many of them they were yeah. and how they were in- interconnected and they could use their powers to support each other which is something that they didn't really do much in right you know, the early like, yeah. oh, that's a whole new conceit that's like that changes kind of everything you yeah. know, their relationship to the galaxy then that was really cool and that's sort of like so like in the establishment it's like okay they got some neat stuff that they're establishing they're starting here and, this is really cool and charles does a great job setting everything up mm-hmm. uh you know especially with his lawyer background that he has uh perfect choice to to set up who, who's the best who is out of that team who have been the best person to write the, the book that sets up what this era is but charles charles i think was the perfect choice um and and the book i think is well done it's just not one of my favorites it, 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 because it is more um even with the stories it's still more establishing uh, and i think i was just looking forward to going all right let's just dive into it and go i was ready to go feet running uh whereas it's like no it's almost like start base. Here's your starting point. Tread lightly through this book so you can see what you're getting into before you go full tilt. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was okay. I mean, I, I mentally I needed that uh, slow down in expectation. Of, okay, so yeah, I do need to know what's going on before I go run full tilt. Um, so I appreciated it, but once I started getting into the other books, like his book, I, I was able. And it's not anything against him. It's just my mindset. It, it was a book that I was just able to not have to worry about referencing back to or a lot of a lot of info because it was more okay because of that book I, I have a better idea of what the world is like or what the galaxy universe is like at that point in time mm-hmm. so outside of star wars and marvel where do you all reading i'm reading uh, that's it just not the Star Wars Marvel actually I got right now I'm reading two books Uh, one is a it's uh, it's a history of uh, fencing and swordsmanship oh cool Um, it's called By the Sword and um, there's another book I'm reading that's actually it's like a collection of three novellas Uh, it's called um, Volume 1 of Snow Shorts it's uh, written by uh, this uh, independent 
independent writer um, Bobby Nash, and it's a it's a sort of a crime fiction type of thing about this. Uh, and uh, these are short stories that take place in a world that he created. So I'm starting the third book in that collection. So so that's the non comic stuff I'm reading. Non comic. Uh, since we're getting close to Halloween, I go. It's my two go tos that I try and read every year. Uh, I just started rereading uh, Clive Barker's Cabal, which the movie Nightbreed is based on. And uh, after that, I will be going back and reading probably the only real Stephen King book I truly love that I still want to see turned into a movie. And that's Eyes of the Dragon. Oh. Which he wrote as a bedtime tale for his kids. <laughs> I can't really compete with those because I just finished up um, it's, it sounds kind of dry on the outside. It is the Librarian's Guide to Podcasting. That's a, that's a good thing to do as a podcaster though. Yeah, <laughs> Training is good. Uh, yes. Yeah, In terms of comic books, I don't really have one that is a go-to. Usually, uh, I usually just look for things that seem interesting or just uh, if there's like a Conan book, I'll grab it. If there's a uh, if Marvel is doing another uh, Warhammer 40,000 tie-in mm-hmm. there, uh, or like what's coming out this week is a uh, Peter Borker, the Spectacular Spider-Ham <laughs> trade paperback, and you know that would be something that I would. Uh, yeah, Peter Porker. I again, that was another one that when I realized that <laughs> Peter Porker and Spider Noir and all those guys, oh no, they're real Marvel characters. They yes. didn't just make that stuff up for the movie. I was like yes. blown away. I was like, that is so cool. Uh, glad. You know, who knew? Yeah, so that was want, that was fun. I want to say the original Peter Porker stuff came out under the Star title. It, it did under the Star. It was Star. I remember. Really? It. Yeah. Now when would that be? Eighties, mid eighties. Okay. Yeah. I, I must have missed that one. Um, it came out right about the time that Marvel Marvel had come out with the new universe. Like they they were, I guess they were expanding. And so, you know, you had the, the main Marvel uh, titles. Then they had the new universe and then they had the star line. Um, and so now I'm kind of kicking myself because I was at that age, like 16, 17. Like I'm not about to read anything star as much as I loved uh, uh, Silverhawks, I'm kicking myself because you can't find Silverhawks anything anywhere now, and I'm wishing that I grabbed those comics. So I, I did read Peter Parker. Because <laughs> at the same time, not only was I picking up those books, but from Epic, I was picking up uh, Sergio Angonis's Guru the Wanderer. Ah, mm-hmm. which came out of the the margins of uh, Mad Magazine, right? Mm-hmm. And he created, and Marvel gave him his his own comic, even though Mad was under DC for a while. Mm-hmm. But it was with Epic; it was that creator own title, and it's why you're not going to find Gru on Marvel Unlimited. Mm-hmm. It's a shame, but it's a very big shame. So, where can people? find you because we know the book is available October 4th on Amazon, Books A Million, Barnes & Noble, or pre-order or purchase depending on when you're listening to this issue. But where can people find you yourself? You can find me at excuse me, seancjackson.com is my website. So Sean, S-E-A-N, cjackson.com. And I'm on Instagram, which I believe is just J-A-C-K-S-O-S. And um, that's that's the main two places I hang out. You okay. know, uh, I'll be posting on Instagram, and um, you can contact me through uh, through uh, my website. Um, I mean, once in a blue moon, every couple of weeks, I'll throw something up there, my thoughts, my blog. But most of the stuff that I'm actually doing or drawing, uh, I put on the Instagram. So those are the best two places to, keep, to get me. Well, I will throw this out there for everyone. Any final thoughts before we go? Mm, no? I'm still trying to think of more, more Mace ideas. <laughs> I'm drawing things. <laughs> There's got to be other stuff there. Well, I mean, I just, just keep in mind. I went to do the overgrown temple. You know, doesn't matter who's there. I just need you. Know, you give me the characters. Like, oh, this story here, yeah, here, 1987. You know. <laughs> Beast was there. <laughs> so that would be, you know, anything like that. So there's sometimes it's just I want to do the thing, you know, and then I like kind of fit everything around it. So that's another one. Since it was, they did do a comic based on the attraction in California. It's the web of Spider Man, W dot E dot B with the web labs out of Ventures Campus. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. I believe yeah. Avengers Campus would have been featured since that's where Web Labs is located. That Avengers mm-hmm. Avengers Campus. That'd be a good one. Absolutely, that kind of stuff. Really, and and I like to mix it up. I like them when they're like you know, more city and different environments, and then more jungly and anything involving the steps and the bridges, of course. And the uh, cross section interiors was really a first time for this book. You know, the first one I did was uh, the Sanctum one, and that kind of grew into all the other ones of doing those tight interiors. Um, oh. But any, anything that I could just do, I try I try to mix it up, try to keep them all a little different or something interesting happening in all of them. And uh, it's, yeah, it's been, it was a fun project. Thanks. Well, we thank you for joining us this week. Uh, I know we had a good time chatting with you. Uh, again, go check out Sean on Instagram at Jack SOS. J-A-C-K-S-O-S. Yes, Jack SOS. And his website, SeanCJackson.com. Uh, again, can't say it enough. Pre-order the book or buy the book, depending on when you're listening to this issue, at Amazon. Probably the easiest place to get it. Quickest place to get it. Uh, but any other bookstore, uh, don't want to order it online, go check out your bookstore, your local bookstore. If they don't have it, have them order it for you. So, um until then, Thursday, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Uh, no, just time to go dark. Mm-hmm.